you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. I just want to talk to us this afternoon. I don't want to shout or scream at you. I just want to put nuggets in your heart as much as I can before I get excited. The Holy Spirit is the most valuable asset in a Christian's life, but Without the help of the Holy Spirit, no dreams can be fulfilled. I am not in any form or fashion comparing myself or ourselves to the world. The world can be and they are successful. Because you may say, well, people have been successful without tithing, without giving, without the Holy Spirit. So why the Holy Spirit? Because I am not of the world. It's a simple thing. Even Jesus, when he came, the devil came and says, look, this whole world belongs to me and I will give it to you if you will bow. That's why the song, and I love this song, it's become my favorite over a while, that every knee will bow down. Because that's what the devil wants. So if you want to take me and compare me to the world and say that, but the world is making success, that's what the devil is going to give them anyway. But if you're a Christian and you want to fulfill God's words, you want to have success and significance in life, not success in terms of monetary things or how much money you can blow or you can throw away. Not, not, not talking about how much, what car you drive or how much, uh, how much jewelry you have. I'm not talking about that. The devil gives it freely to the world. I'm talking about people who have dedicated themselves that I'm not moved by the riches of the world, I'm moved by the word of God. The unfortunate thing is that if you're a Christian and you're in between the world and the world, the devil will hit you anyway because he wants all of you and not some of you. That's why we struggle. But when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're saying that our dreams will be fulfilled only by the promptings and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And over the last few weeks, I have tried as much as I can to be able to introduce to you the third person in the Trinity, the most important in our lives, in our day-to-day lives, which is called the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit functions in our life as a divine operator, a divine what? generator and a divine what? Motivator. Providing confidence, correction, and last week I spoke about comfort. But to be able to access all the help of the Holy Spirit and to be able to experience peace, prosperity, and power over circumstances, we we have to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit and walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. One of the most important facets of a successful Christian living and receiving divine help is by obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Obeying 
what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Promptings. And let me say this, when I talk about promptings of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about times where you pray. Now this this is my experience. Before I go to pray, I just go and pray. While I'm praying, ideas and thoughts start to come up in my mind. It's kind of promptings. Are you following what I'm saying? One of the funny things is that maybe if I have an argument with my wife, and then I wake up in the morning and I go to pray, what kind of prayer are you praying really? And I start to pray, it takes me minutes, sometimes hours to even get close to anything God is saying. After I just drop it and I just go to her, hi honey, you okay, is everything fine, then go back to pray, then I get breakthroughs. It's prompting that I say, no, you've got to let it go. Or sometimes, and sometimes, he just speaks to you and in your mind you rest it, you kill the argument. You know that as soon as you finish praying, you go and see that person, you're no more angry. That's promptings. Are you following what I'm saying? It's the Holy Spirit kind of, you wake up in the morning, you're praying, and something says, don't take that way to walk. I didn't say he says, don't go to walk. I said, don't take that way to walk. <laughs> it's a difference, because some of you hear different things. You hear, ah, katayahos. Ah, the things you hear, the Holy Spirit said, I should just sleep at home today. He didn't say that. Promptings like, don't take this route to walk. Promptings like, fast today. Promptings like, give this person something. Simple promptings. I've, I've, I've experienced this before. I started praying. You know, our prayers are very selfish, you know. We want to pray for ourselves. And I started praying. And God said to me, this is 6 a.m. in the morning. I just feel that urge to call someone. And this is where God kills religion. Because many of you say, ah, when I finish praying. He didn't say when you finish praying. He says, call now. It is part of prayer. Ah, oh, I miss this side. Let me talk to this side a bit. Uh, because they're very spiritual in that side. Let me talk to this side. Uh, it's part of prayer. Because as you will find out, God does not applaud sacrifice. He applauds obedience. So I'm praying and God says, call this lady. I'm like 6 a.m. in the morning. He says, call her. So I pick up the phone. Well, God, you said I should call her. It's part of my prayer. I call the person. What do you want me to do? He says, just pray for her. So I pick up, clearly knowing that she's not going to pick up the phone. And then, bam! The person picks up the phone on the other line. I said, said, Pastor, how are you? I said, it's not about how I am. And I'm not even going to ask you how you are. That goes into a different direction. God just wants me to pray. God, what am I going to pray about? I have no idea. So she gets onto the line and I say, in the name of Jesus, and for the next 20 minutes, bam, we just started praying. It's a prompting. I drop the phone and some of you are sitting down right now and say, God, please touch pastor too. No, 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 no. God should touch you so you can pray for someone else. I just dropped the phone and that was it. And when I dropped the phone, I wanted to pray again and it was empty. So I picked my bags and went to look for tea to drink. 
That's the end of the show. That's the end of my prayer. God is not interested in what I want to do than what he wants to do. Promptings. Maybe I should ask you, how many times have God spoken to you about someone else and it's not about you? People are not in church today because of themselves. How they feel, what they want, what they feel in their life. But everything is not about you. And obedience is one of the greatest tools you can have in walking with Christ. So what is obedience? Listen to me. Obedience occurs when you change your opinion, your judgment, or action because someone in a position of authority told you. Ah, let me repeat myself again because the church has just gone quiet. Obedience is when you change your opinion, when you change your judgment, when you change your actions, because someone in a position of authority told you. And I know we're quiet because immediately you're thinking about dad, you're thinking about mom, you're thinking about pastor, you're thinking about that crazy husband of yours, you're thinking about that crazy wife. You're th- you're, 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 when we talk about authority, you shut down. You just shut down because you feel you're dealing with a dictator. So when I say someone in a position of authority, immediately you shut down. There's an argument. There's a rage. There's a volcanic eruption taking place on the inside of you right now. Because when you hear that word, no, you, you rebel against authority. The problem is, I am not talking about my authority. I'm talking about the authority of the Holy Spirit. Ah, and this is where it gets a bit tricky. You will never, never obey a pastor unless you learn to obey the Holy Spirit. I am irrelevant, insignificant, immaterial, what's another in I can use? Any ins to your life without the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Let me even say this to you. Wives will not submit if you like, you can leave this place. I know it was Friday was women's, the whole stuff, but let me, you're now back in church. Uh, it was women's, what was it? <laughs> International Day. So women, how many women's things are we going to do? We're going to do Mother's Day, we're going to do Women's Day, we're going to do, how many things are we going to do? Because I've lost count now. Is there men's International Day? When? So you put us all the way in November and you started yours first. Okay. Now you're in church. A woman will never submit to a husband 
unless she first submits to the Holy Spirit. You're wasting your time, man. The, you, 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 you are powerless, powerless, and you're paralyzed dealing with any woman who cannot submit to the Holy Spirit and you're expecting her to submit to you. Likewise, no woman would submit to a man who is not submitted to his God. Can you see the difference in the response? Can, can you see, did, did, you, did you see the difference in the response? When I spoke about the woman, there was silence. The, 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 the faces were... In fact, I saw some women look at the other one beside her. But immediately I spoke about the man, there was a shift in the atmosphere. Okay, if there was a shift in the atmosphere, men, you should have shouted loud. So let me say this again. There is no woman... <laughs> there is no woman who can submit to a man who does not submit to the promptings and the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. You're following a dead end. And because the woman responded to me, let me warn you young homies, do not follow. Please, don't follow a man who has never told you that I feel God leading me in this direction. Not never in your conversation. The only thing you're leading, you ever hear him talk about is sex. You haven't heard him talk about anything. He's always shak, 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 shak. Every time you meet, it's in the bedroom, the bedroom, the bedroom. That's all he talks about. And business. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But there is no prompting. Never has there been a discussion between you both. And you come. And you're all over him. And he for once puts you down. I said, I feel that God is saying we should stop this. If you're coming to watch the tabernacle for the first time, I apologize. This is not the Anglican or the Baptist or the Presbyterian or any other church. This is worship tabernacle young. You will hear it all life and direct. And after you finish, make your judgment. No, no discussion has ever occurred between both of you to say, I don't think what we're doing is right. No promptings of fasting, no promptings of prayer. Nothing in your discussion makes you see the man make a lead in spiritual affairs. <laughs> no, run is not the right word. The Bible says flee. When you are running, you could be looking back. But when you, have you seen a dog running after you? You flee. There's no prompting. There's nothing occurring. And there is no level of obedience in hearing the word of God. Obedience means you need to change your opinion, your judgments, and your actions. That's why the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Sacrifice is good, but obedience is what? Better. Most sacrifices are religious obedience. 
You might sacrifice your food, sacrifice your time, sacrifice your money, sacrifice your energy, but all that is good. Maybe willing, but the fruit of the land is in obedience. Isaiah 119 says, if you are willing, if you willingly obey me, the best crops of the land is yours. That's why God says that coming to church, lifting holy and unholy hands unto God, uh, lying down, doing all that kind of religious stuff, is not going to help you when there is disobedience in your heart. Go home with this. Prayer will never deliver to you what obedience will. You can pray for finances from here to heaven. If God says give and you don't give, prayer is not going to do anything. You can pray from now to kingdom come that God opened the windows of heaven. But you have a, you have a dispute in your heart against someone. You, really, you even woke up this morning. You left... God, that's the prompting. That's the prompting there. That's the prompting. You left home this morning. You didn't say hello or good morning to your parents or someone living in the house because you were angry. And then you came up and you looked sanctified. Every knee will confess every tongue. You, 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 lying to yourself because that is a sacrifice but it is not the fruit of obedience. And you're still going back to your house after with that intention. Mm, You walk in and even maybe God has touched them and they say, hi, how are you? Fine. What are you doing? All you came to do was just give sacrifice. You came to church and you smiled at everybody else except for those who are at home. Your child knows what you and mommy did in the car before you walked into church. And as you walked into church, hello, hello, they should slap you. God says, make peace before you bring the sacrifice. No, what do you say? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spoken law. My, wife, my son must not see his dad hugging everybody else in church and he doesn't hug his wife at home. My son must not see dad shouting at home and does not shout in church. <laughs> One day he was in my office and I was talking. And when, unfortunately, he was there. And I could see him look up and look down. Like the person I was talking to or shouting at, he was thinking, Welcome to the club. (laughs) Fasting and praying is a. Waste of energy where there's disobedience. You can confess and confess until you're confused. And nothing will happen if disobedience is in your life. This thing, confess, I can give you 45,000 confession points. And 45,000 will not walk upon our life when there is disobedience. 
So if we're going to walk with the Holy Spirit, we have to learn to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. So why do we disobey or ignore the promptings and the help of the Holy Spirit? I want to first start this, as I did in the morning, with, a, with, with, with an example. I want to give you an example. I want to give you an example of my life. Oi, 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 oi. Let me say this. Not every single thing the Holy Spirit has told me to do that I have done. But before you sit easy, every single thing that the Holy Spirit has told me to do and I have not done has always ended up in calamity. But I'm never going to preach to you to say every single thing the Holy Spirit has told me to do, I have done. I wish I have. One day, when we were finished building this church, I've, 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 I've given this example before. Um, I wanted to do the opening of this church. In my society, I mean society of pastors, when I go for their opening, it's a fun fair. I went to an opening one time in Nigeria where they were opening the church. And by the time I finished, I called the pastor. And I said to him, where was God in all this? He said, where? I need to just say, he says, well, I said, where you and I know, we're friends. Where was God in all this? You all filed in joint praise and worship and they had to stop praise and worship. Are you, an, you are a moron. That's what I said to you. You must be stupid. Like you all filed in and you stopped praise and worship. And then you now went to your program in which... They blew the trumpet. Right just suddenly, I was lifting out. I just got, you know, I'm musically, I just get boom, and I got, blah, 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 and I got, it's a queenie here. And then, so, he's now we're going to welcome. I'm like, eh. We, I couldn't, I was, you know when you want to say something, but I had to sit there for another two and a half hours. As we finished the service, he was still saying, I said, you come and see me after you finish. He says, now, no, in my hotel. But I know. So, why? Because when we wanted to open this church, I saw all my friends do it. So, I was ready to do a, what do they call it? Grand opening. I was about to tell Pastor Ife that I need three trumpeters. <laughs> one here, one up there, one at the door. So that, and all of us will stay outside. How they planned. We'll stay outside. And then just in sync. Pam! And we just all walk in. I needed to do something that no other pastor has done before. To the glory of God. <laughs> now I'm serious. I'm serious. I had it planned. And then I now spoke to one of my mentors very popular in the land, said you're coming to our grand opening. Because we were also told that when you're opening a building, you have to call the presence of God. And then I was going to tell him to get this smoke machine so that this whole place, you know, honestly, honestly. But the most important thing was I was going to invite this man of God to come and open the building. You know what? It was all planned. I'd invited him. It was all sorted. Until I went, 
into the place where God speaks to me. It's just a four by four simple tray, white tray, in my bathroom. When I'm taking my shower, God speaks to me. They've told me to change that shower and that whole thing for a long time. I said, no, leave it. This shower has delivered me from calamity. When I step on that white tray, it seems that God, heavens open. So even if they change the bath or the stuff, I'm going to take that white tray, put it in my uh, 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 study so I can sit, stand on it sometimes. Especially when calamity comes. You have to find that secret place where you're going to. That bathroom, God prompts me. I don't know why. So, when I'm in the bathroom, I don't want to hear uh, 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 insignia. No! I, I, don't, uh, 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 I, I don't want to hear Travis Green. No! Be green where you are, where I am right now. The only thing that I want to hear is God. He may speak through you, Travis, but right now, this is my place. I went into the place as I was taking the shower. I started to think about all the things I wanted to do. There's a difference here. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Most of the things we say to the glory of God is actually to our own glory. The prompting said to me, did I tell you to do this? The prompting says, don't invite that pastor. I said, who do you want me to invite? He says, I will tell you. I left the place still praying about who he wants you to invite and then I heard a voice, you. I'm like, you, Holy Spirit, or you, like, you, you, who you? He says, me. He says, I don't want no noise. My presence will be in this place. I call it the land of solution. But the fear, I'm saying this story so you will get where I'm going. The fear was, how do I go back <laughs> to this man of God who has opened up his calendar and says he's coming. How do I tell him that you're no more coming? Maybe next week we'll hit the fear. But I heard God say, there was trepidation, there was confusion. Not the confusion of what I heard, but the confusion of how I would do it. And remember, when God gives you a word, you also need to ask him to give you the wisdom to execute it. Yeah. Ah, oh, I didn't say this in the first service. Sorry for service. You need the wisdom to execute it. Because many of you just say, God said, God said, God God said, "Eh, if he said it, how exactly? So I had to go to this man of God and I had to say to him, we're no more doing any opening. He says, what do you mean? He says, I've told my PA to put it in the door. I said, tell her to take it out. The one who put it in is also the one who can erase it. The person who did a pencil also did the eraser. Can you raise it? He, <laughs> he looked at me like, are you serious? I said, yes. He said, so what are you going to do? Nothing. He says, no, it's not done. I said, yes. That is why it's going to be done. Nothing. He says, when are you going to do it? Easter. He says, but there won't be any pastors around. I said, that's the idea. That none of you should be around. The first service we had here was on a Wednesday. Remember, for those who were here. That's when my twin brother came, prayed, and then Friday we came. Some pastors who were not having their service, one or two of them who were friends, just came. We prayed. No fun fair, no food, nothing, and we continued. Years down the line, 
No. Shortly after that, as I was praying, God opened my eyes. He said to me, look at that pastor you wanted to invite. Every church that he's been to has folded up, collapsed, or divided. And I counted five. Ask my wife. You know, because we go by man and not by God. I'm telling you, as simple as this story is, it was one of the biggest decisions and most difficult decisions I had to make. How do you build this place and you didn't celebrate it? It's not, I didn't celebrate it. I wanted to show off. And God was like, I didn't provide you this to show off, but to show up in my glory, in your humility, and in my own. Because it wasn't by power or by might that you built this place. Yeah. Why did I say that? Because there are some reasons, and I can only give you one and we close. We'll give, we'll give you the rest next week. What are the reasons or why do we ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit? Now, through that example I gave you, start to listen to this. Number one, I call it the reason, one of the first reasons why we do not follow the prompting and obeying the Holy Spirit is what I call the independence of freedom. The independence of freedom. The reason people disobey is because of the intense craving of independence and freedom. People generally feel that the world has more to offer them than God and his word. So when it comes to a choice between God and a choice between the world, the world is too attractive for you to, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It feels good, it looks good, it sounds good, but it's not God. But because it looks good to you, I can do it. Because it looks good to you and it makes you feel good, then I can do it. But the devil's purpose is to prey on human weaknesses and facilitate our downfall. Hence, he will always give us a better offer than God. That is the reason why this is, this, I didn't say this in the first of it. Let me, let me That's the reason why I, I said it in the, in uh, February, February the 13th. When someone asked that, can you have two or three people that you're dating? No, because the devil will always give you someone that makes you feel good than something that it is God. Because when God gives you who is yours, kakapayato, is never attractive. If it is attractive, pray again. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. How do you know, Pastor, when it's not attractive? Because it will always challenge your weaknesses. Ha! Yes, you, you're like, we're not compatible. You are. God has just brought someone in your life that will challenge your weaknesses and your excesses. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You'll find out that the six pack, the, 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 the man has more sense than you think of his six pack. He had that pack because he worked hard. And he's telling you, you can't keep doing this. And then you, you suddenly met him in November. And December 26, where are you? Oh, I'm in Knightsbridge. What are you doing? Oh, there are sales going on. And he's like, what are you doing? Don't you have enough bags? Can you please leave the place? 
It's wrong for you to be waking up early in the morning and eating the bread of sorrow. And then you're saying, but, but it's my money. I, I can do what I want to do. It is, you see, the attractiveness is no more there because he started to challenge your weakness because God does not applaud for our foolishness. Neither when the woman walks into your life, he says, you can't keep doing this. You can't do this and do that anyhow. You can't speak anyhow. Look, uh, look, 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 look. Don't tell me what I can do. I've been successful before you arrived at the scene. No, you have been a successful failure. In that area before she arrived. And so, listen to me. Whenever it comes to obeying the voice of God, it is never attractive. The devil will always give you an option. And that's why you see a guy or a woman, you understand, those are the two ones I identify with in my life, uh, uh, jumping from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship to another relationship to another relationship because they are looking for something that is good and not something that is God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when you live your life independent of God, your life will become irrelevant. And when God is not giving his place, you will be displaced because God will never honor anyone who is not obedient to him. When we bypass God's word, it doesn't matter how we feel, we are living a reckless life. A neglected instruction is a neglected destiny and a recipe for disaster. Adam was not blessed when he ignored the instructions of God. Saul disobeyed God and he paid dearly for his life. Rehoboam, who was the son of Solomon, who was the son of David, he listened to what was good advice than what was God's advice and he became irrelevant anymore to the covenant that God made to David. And many of us, God forbid, are living an irrelevant life to the covenant because we have bypassed the promptings of the Holy Spirit that says don't do that. You cannot be a Christian and not have his spirit on the inside of you being the umpire of your life. You can't. Let me start to round up quickly so I don't keep you here. First thing you need to know when we talk about independence or freedom that is against God's prompting, is that obedience is not conditional. You don't obey because it's convenient. You obey because it is required. You do not obey because it is convenient. You obey because it's what? It is required. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 says, He became obedient unto death. Therefore, God had highly exalted him. He became obedient unto death. Meaning that there are some levels of obedience that will require you to die to yourself. Oh, pastor, when I was coming to church, I wanted to hear something that is relevant. (laughs) Let me tell you, everything you've heard this week is irrelevant to this relevancy. Because many things we hear are utter irrelevant stuff. Six steps to going higher. Seven steps to staying higher. Fifteen steps to starting low and moving higher. Uh, You see, to, 
To be honest with you, God will never take you higher unless you go higher in Him. And the way to go to the top is what? By dying. Except, thank you my dear, except a seed of, uh, of course, falls to the ground and die, it abides alone. You can never be a successful Christian if you can't hear the voice of God. You can't! And please don't tell me I don't hear his voice. Yes, you do. You know that thing you wanted to post on Instagram? That something was telling you, don't do that. But you still said, "Mm, no, it will increase my profile. That's it. You know, when you walked into that shop, you're size 14. And you are buying size 10. You knew. You knew. You, you knew. You knew. You knew. You, you, you. And, the, and the thing was saying, but wear it. No, I don't need to wear it because I want it to be tight. For what? For what? No. Most of what you do, you do out of your flesh. I remember, asked my wife. I said it in the first service, so she gave me the freedom to say it again because she didn't re- rebuke me. Uh, there was a lady who walked into church one time. My wife said it, her tongue, you know, you know, the tongue, her underwear, the tongue was showing, you know, that, I don't know how, you know, that thing was... I don't know what to do. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. That thing was showing at the back. And when I didn't say in the first time, she now had this tattoo, you know, at the back. And it was showing. A woman tapped her and says, Oh, your underwear is showing. She looked back and said, That's the idea. So, how? No, it's not, 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 not in church. Look, look, look. It's not the Baptist church down that road. In church! That's the idea. The idea of what? You see? Meaning, even though you are prompted physically, you still chose to ignore it because of what I call the independence of freedom. You just want to do your own thing. Obedience is not convenient. I, I, I don't feel like doing it. And I said in the morning, I know most of us are young, 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 young people in church, but I want you to listen to this because it's going to get to your age too. Just imagine you called your son or daughter, age 11. Says, can you bring me, and you just call her, Talikwa, bring me a cup of water. You shouted from where you are, Talikwa, yes mom, or yes dad. Can you just quickly get, bring me a cup of water? Talikwa is in her bedroom in the house you pay for playing on the Nintendo Wii you bought and Talikwa answers from the top and says, Mom or Dad, I will get it to you when I feel like it, when I, when I, when I, when I get that feeling to do it. Now, I know many people get away with things here. But you see, in other countries, the next thing you will feel 
If I, you won't even say it. You know why you won't say it? Because experience has taught you that when your mom talks to you, feelings are irrelevant. My dad, he used to have this bell in the house. Bell. You know when you hear ding-ding, ding-ding, you know that. When I see bells this day, it produces trauma in my life. I went to Israel and they have these bells and I didn't even pass it. One person picked it up and said, if you ring that bell, honestly, because all I can think about is 5 a.m. early in the morning, prayer time. He will wake up and one, two, by three. If you're not in the city room, something else will hit you. But that's what we do to the Holy Spirit. When I feel like it. I don't feel like talking to her. I don't feel like forgiving her. I don't feel like breaking off this affair. Because we're independent. We're very emotionally immature. Because we're living by feelings. I've discovered that many adults, they use counseling to delay obedience. They know the right thing to do, but they don't want to do it. So they just keep going to counseling, thinking that if I can just keep talking about it, then I won't have to do what is right. No, seriously. What, is the, what did God tell you to do yesterday night? And you use praise and worship to cover it. Many of you, even if Jesus appears right now, he appears physically, you still won't listen. Because they didn't listen to him then. I was reading word of today. My wife read it to me as we were coming to church this morning. I think it was Thursday or Friday. About you can't help everyone. Something like that. It's delivered me. It has. One of the things says that if God cannot help them, you, you, have, you can't. Because many people really don't want to listen. They don't want to listen because of what I call the independence of freedom. They want their own freedom. You failed to listen to your mom. You failed to listen to your dad. You failed to listen to your pastor. You, you, you are a loose cannon not listening to anyone. I repeat myself 25,000 times every single time until Jesus comes back and you keep hearing it. I always tell women, don't marry someone who is not under authority. You know, this foolishness that you think, oh, I can handle him. The other one he left the other time. She said that too. You're seventh in line to the throne. (laughs) Any man that cannot be under authority. I said it in the morning. Thank God for men that are now coming up. The man wants to marry the woman who is serving, but he's not serving. And you're fluffing. You're happy. You're walking down the aisle. Without the voice of God, you're entering into calamity. And then when the whole thing is dead and done, you bring it to the pastor. This, not, this day and day, and sometimes I look and say, there's nothing I can do. It's only God that can now help you. Listen to me, and let me close by this. When we talk about the mercy of God, I said this in the first service. When we talk about the mercy of God, don't be foolish. 
The mercy of God comes to you by warning you so you don't fall into the hands of messless people. Ah, let me come down here and say this to you quickly. When God shows you mercy, he says, don't do that thing because if you fall into the wrong hands, they will not show you mercy. That is God's mercy. You don't deserve him telling you, but he will tell you because he had mercy of God, because of the mercy of God. Don't call the mercy of God into operation when you left his mercy initially. And our God is a merciful God, so he is suffering, so I am not dictating what God will do. But God does not clean up mess. He helps you in it. Because by our own cravings, we disobeyed God. And because we disobeyed God, we're asking God, come and be merciful over my mess. The problem is, God cannot keep blessing mess. He can't. It's not God. God has to make you grow up. You can't have a child that each time eats and produces mess. I say, babe, that's alright. Ten years, that's alright. Fifteen years, and you keep cleaning his mess. Sometimes, you've got to let him go. You've got to let the child go. Let the child experience it. Let the child walk to school. Let the child be bullied and teach him how to stand up. And stop keep going to the school every single time to clean up his mess. No, no, no. He can clean He can clean it. In fact, if you allow him to clean it, he will clean it properly. But we are asking God to clean so messy and clean the mess when he wanted to save you from the mess initially. And you know the unfortunate thing is that when we get into mess, we now keep digging into the mess. Instead of saying something like, David, God, I've sinned, and only towards you I sin. Have mercy upon me. And God only has mercy on a repentant heart. Not a heart that wants God to take them out of the problem, but it is looking for another one. You slept with him the first time, he messed you up, and then you're asking God to heal you, and then you go back to him five months later. Are you okay? The girl came to you, messed your entire life, slapped you, took a bottle, hit over your head, and then you're asking God, is she the one or is she not the one? You know clearly, by the bottle, by the scars on your head, you know it's not the one. What are you praying? What prompting do you need? What, what voice? Are... I need to close. I don't understand what voice of God do you need. You keep going back to it. No, 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 no. no. I want to pray and deliver many women, all men that are sunk in a relationship that has nothing to do with God. May God give you the courage to step out and hear his voice. Many of us are delaying God's blessing upon our life because we are stuck in a rot. It's the promptings of the Holy Spirit that will be able to lead you beside the still waters. Amen. I'm going to stop there and I'll pick it up next week. Amen. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London, 
Thank you for listening.